Welcome to the Modular Nutrition and Wellness Podcast. This is Podcast 12, and this is the beginning of a multi-series podcast talking about meal planning. So today, we will be doing part one, which will be looking into metabolism. And I believe this, this topic is important because it will... It will help you understand what's happening in your body, um, but also the things that affect your metabolism. And this will be the basis into how to plan um, for your calories in a meal plan. So first, let's talk about the term metabolism. What is metabolism? Um, metabolism, essentially, it's a, it's a chemical engine that happens in the body. And metabolism can be split up into, into catabolism and anabolism. Um, which I talked about in a previous podcast, where in catabolism, you're breaking down bigger molecules to smaller molecules. And anabolism is taking smaller molecules to make bigger um, molecules. An example of anabolism or anabolic is the conversion of amino acids into proteins. Uh, a catabolic, catabolic process would be the breakdown of glucose or glycolysis, right? Um, so, those are just examples, but there are multiple, um, probably thousands and thousands of these anabolic, catabolic reactions that happen in the body that, that essentially keep you alive. And uh, the person, a person's metabolism is, is really dependent upon the individual themselves, but you can also account for things such as age, your fitness level somewhat. We'll get a little bit into that later on in the podcast. And there's overall your genetics. Um, and typically the two things that you see is you see people that have slow metabolisms, which means essentially you, you typically burn a little bit, you burn less calories than what you consume. And so in that case, typically whatever excess calories you have over at the end of the day, your body stores it as fat. And this is mainly a, a, the anabolic process, again, the building of compounds. So you take those extra calories, you can, uh, build things proteins lipids fats carbs you build these things within the body and that's how typically what happens is people with slower metabolism that's how they gain weight over time your body starts building up these compounds are you know to store them in the body as fats and, and, and as such you then have the other side where you have fast people with fast metabolisms essentially they burn more calories than they typically take in and people that have fast metabolism you typically see that they're skinny uh, they have no, they have little fat on their body, but they also have little muscle uh, on their body as well. And in typically a person with a fast metabolism, they're mainly catabolic. And so because they consume uh, or their body burns so much calories, and they typically consume less calories in their typical diet. Um, they're essentially intrinsically in a caloric deficit all the time. And their body is going to just keep on breaking down compounds to to try to get out of that deficit. And that can result in low fat, body fat, but also, um, you know, lower muscle as well. And I think the typical term you hear is the hard gainer. And you'll see that people with fast metabolism, they typically need to eat a lot in order to overcome um, the fast metabolism. And that's where really the birth of things such as mass gainers kind of came from, where if you have a fast fast metabolism, how can you offset the caloric um, deficit, the intrinsic caloric deficit? You get a mask in it that has, you know, 1,200 calories in it, 
into that one shake and they'll help you know keep your calorie your calories high and so essentially when you look at these a person with slow or fast metabolism your diet needs to account for that so if you uh making a plan for a person with fast metabolism um when you will later on talk about how to calculate their that, calo- that calories that they need you need to account for the fast metabolism and so to offset um so they can gain and vice versa for the people with slow metabolisms and so the speed in which um someone's metabolism functions at is called the metabolic rate and essentially it's the it's the number of calories that your body burns um at a given time and you another term you're here for is something called cal- uh, calorie expenditure and your overall metabolic rate can really be split up into five different categories have your basal metabolic rate or your bmr your resting metabolic rate your rmr your thermic effect of food tef thermic effect of exercise tee and then neat which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis so let's go over all of these so first let's talk about the basal uh, metabolic rate and this is your 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 rate when you're in sleep or deep rest and essentially it's the minimum metabolic rate that you need to keep things such as your lungs you know going breathing heart pumping your body warm etc all right next you have your resting metabolic rate and this is the minimum metabolic rate that's required to keep you alive and functioning while you're resting and overall of the five this one accounts for about 50 to 75 percent of your daily total calorie expenditure then you have your thermic effect of food and so i kind of talked about this when i did the protein podcast so this one accounts for the calories burned while your body is digesting and processing food so this is about 10 percent of your total energy expenditure so you remember i talked about protein being a thermogenic food meaning that it takes your body it costs your body more calories um, to actually uh, burn it and so essentially if you have a high protein diet you're going to force your body to use more calories to digest and process the additional protein and so that's why you know when you're trying to i would say when you're trying to um, cut in particular you typically want to increase your protein intake mainly because of this and because intrinsically when you're cutting you'll lose some muscle but if you increase the protein um you can prevent or decrease the amount of muscle that you're losing during the cut next you have your thermic effect exercise so this is essentially the increase in calories that you um have during exercise and so this is where the concept of things such as hit kind of came in where if you do these these cycles of high intensity um that you actually you know burn calories even when you're done uh, with the workout right um and so that that concept falls under the thermic effect of exercise um, but essentially you want to burn calories from exercise and so you need to account for this when you're planning for your calories as well and then lastly you have neat which is the non-exercise activity thermogenesis and this is really the, the number of calories that's required for anything outside of exercise um so this is simple stuff so you know just standing walking around you know and say you take the stairs things like that so that's why there was a trend about people talking about getting your steps in right well it's still kind of a trend now get your steps in that's going to fall on their knee because that's not necessarily you know full-on exercise 
but that additional walking out those steps those extra calories that you burn from that that stuff can add up over time right and so you know when we look at our five um categories you know three of them you can really change at all times you can change your food input you can change your exercise you can change your need all right so these are things to keep in mind when you when you think about your your metabolism some other factors that affect metabolism as well muscle mass so the more muscle you have the more calories you burn so let me say that again the more muscle you have the more calories you burn this is why i i'm a big believer in resistance training uh, outside of some of the heart um, benefits that we find and i just find resistance training fun but you know when i think when people talk about exercising they want to start exercising and there, there's nothing wrong with running swimming you know yoga um, biking there's nothing wrong with those activities but in my opinion resistance training is number one um that's that's just my personal opinion and this right here is is, a, is another benefit of resistance training if you increase your muscle mass you're intrinsically going to burn more uh, burn more calories excuse me so that's number one your body size um typically the bigger you are the more calories you burn because again it's just more mass required you know to be moved you know the the, the neurons and you know all these electrolytic pathways required to, to for the muscle to you know what I'm saying to contract and all that type of stuff it just requires more energy right um and you know you, you'll see that when bigger people they get tired easily and mainly because it it takes so much energy to move that mass but if they're not you know conditioned for it, obviously they get tired fast another one's your environmental temperature um so you know when, when you are cold um your body actually burns more calories to prevent your body temperature from falling right so this is um this explains why people talk about drinking cold water in the morning you know when you wake up drink cold water why because you know your body's going to heat up uh, that cold water also if you haven't noticed well when you urinate you always urinate warm your urine your urine is always warm so in order for your body to actually you know kind of process that water before it can pass it it needs to actually heat it up and so your body uses calories to heat that water up or liquids up before it can be passed through. Um, there also are some um, hormone disorders that can cause it. So you know, hypothyroidism is, is one major one that can, um, you know, really kind of mess with that metabolic rate. You know, if, you know, if you have that issue, that's something where, you know, you need to speak to your, your doctor about that one to figure out, you know, what you can do there. Um, another one is metabolic adaptation. So I talk about this in a previous podcast, and this is called adaptive thermogenesis or starvation mode. And uh, essentially, this is this is your body adapting to your caloric deficit. You can see it in caloric surplus, but you really see a lot in caloric deficit. And so, what happens is if you go into a caloric deficit your body can, can move into starvation mode. And what happens is because your body recognizes it's not getting enough food, it'll compensate by, low, by lowering your metabolism, if that makes sense. And so by intrinsically lowering your metabolism, 
we, we know what's going to happen. You're not going to lose as fast as you are. And as it lowers the metabolism, it's going to lower the amount of the calories that's, that it's going to burn. And so one of the suggestions I have, if you are about to start a diet, do not drop to like a 500,000 calorie diet. Because you'll lose weight initially, maybe for about, I say maybe about two weeks, you'll lose weight, and then you'll notice your plateau. Why? Metabolic adaptation. Um, also, when someone makes a meal plan for you, so you'll notice when these people come out and make meal plans, they'll give you, say, hey, you're taking, taking this amount of calories, but they never change it, right? So if, you, if you're trying to get bigger, and I, and I say, hey, 3,000 calories is your number, you got to recognize for the ones that are really students of the of the game, when you prescribe that that caloric intake, it's based upon those metabolic rates I just talked about, in particular, mainly basal and resting. And so, one of the factors that affect your basal and resting metabolic rate is your weight. So, if you're gaining, let's say you're 200 pounds, you want to get to 220, and that 3,000 calories that I prescribed to you is for you to gain, let's say a half a pound a week. Well, if you move to 205 the amount of calories it's going to take is going to change. Why? Because your body's going to adapt, right? That number becomes different. And one of the things that I suggest, especially for those that do um, bulking and cutting, one of the things I found that's been very hard is if you go to a bulk, which is caloric surplus, and then go straight to um, a cut, which is caloric um, deficit, in some cases, that can be a 1,000-calorie swing. In some cases, that can be a 1,500-calorie swing. If you make that jump from bulk to cut, your body can go ahead and hit that starvation mode, and now your cut becomes dramatically harder because you're in starvation mode. What I suggest is a step. I, take, I like the step approach. So if you're gonna, you want to go from bulk in the winter, cut in the summer, I will go maintenance in the spring because now, like for me, for example, if I'm bulking at – let's say 3,500 calories, but my maintenance is maybe 3,000, and then my cut is 25. That's just an example, right? Now my body's going to adapt to only that 500-calorie swing, and that 500-calorie swing is not going to cause me to go to starvation mode. But going from 3,000 to, let's say, uh, 2,000, that would, right? That 1,000-calorie difference, which is actually a lot, would cause starvation mode. So you like, I like to take that step approach. That's why I like suggesting to people is to take the step approach. Is it slower? Yeah, but the, the quality is going to be much better in your physique as you're transitioning from bulk to cut, cut to bulk. Um, so essentially what, what, what this means is this. I put this as part one because when you calculate, when you do a bulk or a cut, the first thing you need to know is this BMR RMR, all right, because with this, well, I, the equations you typically see is the BMR equation, but when you put in the, the factors, it's going to ask you, okay, what's your weight, what's your height, what's your age, and what's your level of activity? So if you're someone that's very active versus someone that's, that's more sedentary, like all of those are going to affect, like I mentioned earlier, all of those are going to affect your, your metabolism. And if you get a meal plan for somebody, and they're not asking you things such as height, such as weight, age, level of activity. That should be a red flag because, again, like I talked about, metabolism is for the individual. Like the individual, um, 
their metabolism is, is is specific to them that means the meal plan that is, gets made for you needs to be specific for you all right so again that's just something to keep in mind for those um i'm working on meal plans you know i, I wouldn't say i'm a dietitian or anything um but i do understand meal planning so i can always help people with that but you know there's a lot of you know youtubers out here ig people that do meal plans um we've seen some people get sued for you know claiming i make you know individual meal plans and come to find out they're just one plan and they get spread across a whole bunch of people and then you got some that that really do um great meal planning and great coaching where they'll do them they go one-on-one with you know they're going to ask you these questions to make sure the number that they give you is appropriate for you and once they make you you know give you that plan as you start gaining a, a, a cutting they should be adjusting that plan to account for the weight loss or the mass gain they uh the muscle gain they should account for those things so again today we just talked about metabolism what it is what affects it and again this is part one because once you understand this then you can understand to actually how do i how do uh, a coach how does a coach come up with the numbers that uh that i need for my meal plan you know when you go out to somebody else and pay for these things so i hope this helps i hope this explains some things again you got any questions always dm us um dm us and uh email us you know we always answer, uh, glad to answer any question anybody has so uh stay tuned for part two uh, in the meal planning series and i hope y'all take it easy today peace